Now it is. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash doctrine. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to Doctrine Devotion, a podcast exploring Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. I'm Jimmy Fowler, Elder Candidate at Redeemer Fellowship. And I'm his boss, Joe Thorne, lead pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Which is why I led the whole thing, because I am the real boss. No. Yes. No. I am the man in charge. That's the elder, why the I elder led candidate, first. The elder candidate is candidating to be an elder. You answer to the elders. No, no, no. I answer to two elders. You answer to all four elders. No, there's only two elders that I answer to. Four elders. Two. Therefore. I, but I only answer to two. Jeff and Pat. Thank you. No. <laughs> Jeff no? and Brian. Oh, Jeff and Brian. You don't answer to Pat? I thought mm. for sure you'd say Pat. Mm. We're too close of friends. You don't tell me. Well, um, at this rate, I don't know that we're going to let you be a full elder. I wouldn't let it happen either. So, you're not very responsive to two of the elders. Uh, well, those are the... I, I'm responsive to the two that matter. <laughs> Doesn't that count for anything? Uh, and the other elder candidate. We're really close. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, two of you will be elder candidates for, forever. It'll be nice. We'll be perpetual. That's right. Perpetual elder candidates. How's your week going? It's going good, you know. Uh, spending time with the family, getting ready for Halloween, pretty excited for that. And uh, yeah, so it's just kind of a slower pace, so it's nice before the holiday rush. Yeah, well, it's, it's been cool because you've actually been saying that a lot lately. Mm-hmm. You can say, oh, it's been slower, it's been slower, it's been a slow week. And I know, like, for those of you who don't know Jimmy really well or what he does, he's very busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has a lot going on. His uh, his employment uh, in in the world is is very intense, and then he's working at the church as well. And he's got family. He's got three kids. So when you say it's slow, you mean it's just normal and not uh, n- normal for you and yeah, not yeah. crazy like it was for a while. Yeah. Once you get through a certain season, it gets. Uh... Yeah, it'll ramp back up come January first. Yeah, now um, you're getting ready to go uh, to Vegas or something. Yep, uh, yep. I need to go to Vegas for two things. One, mainly uh, for work. Okay. Um, I work. You say mainly for work. Mainly for work. Okay. Because there's all the other aspect of well, it. If I'm, I'm going to be in Vegas, I'm going to do some other you know, things. You got, but you're in Vegas. Okay. I, I felt like I felt like work kind of came after the idea. No, the no, 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 no. Okay, okay. Work comes first. Okay. And so, you know. Work uh, before family. I got it. No, no, no that's not it. It's that's not work before family. It's work. Work comes before, first. You work said. comes first. Yeah, right. That they're, they are family. paying for me to go. Okay. And they're, that's you good. know, they're, they're paying for the tickets. They're okay. paying for the room. Mm-hmm. Paying for Wait, meals. Tickets. Well, plane tickets. You got to get plane tickets there. Just a ticket, though. Your ticket. All right, fine. They're playing for a plane ticket. I'm thinking there and back when I say ticket. I got you. I'm with you. I'm following. And then one room. All right. And uh, so I have to go there, do some things with uh, a, a tattoo artist there. Um, so one of the, like a client, how would you, how would you describe that relationship? You're working for a business partner. Business partner. There you go. Okay. So a, a particular well-known yes. global tattoo artist is a business partner of yours. Yeah. And so, um, so I'm going there and we're going to work on some things together. Um, but then also oh. I need to finish up getting tattooed okay, on my left arm here. There it is. So he's going to handle, yeah, he's got to get, you know, uh, so, because you guys can't see, it's a uh, old, it's a Gustav door. 
and it's Ezekiel's vision of the Valley of Dry Bones. Right. We'll put that up in the show notes. So he's got, it's got all death here, as you can see. It's all death. Um, Just the bones starting to The bones starting to come up. up. Now he's got to get life over on this side. Uh, I think he's going to put Ezekiel right in over here. Uh, and then he's got to go through it all and put white. White ink, yeah. And put white ink. And then, because that's not going to take a full day, I'm trying to think of what he's going to do either up on my arm or over on my right forearm here. Marvel Cinematic Universe characters. No. I am thinking I'm going to go with a... Uh, Mexican of, folklore. I'm going with the Chupacabra. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I think it'd be good. No, I'm going... Uh, I'm going to... I might be dealer's choice on that one. Oh, yeah. Just let, let him go. I'm going to allow a free hand. He's good. He's good. He's, he's known for do. his free hand. So my wife's coming. Uh, so we got her a ticket. And... So she's coming. We're going to spend a few days together just kind of hanging out, doing the Vegas thing. Um, and then she's also going to get tattooed on her leg. Business and pleasure. Business and pleasure. <laughs> That's what Vegas is known for. There you so go. I'm going for both business and pleasure. What about you, Joe? How's your week? Uh, it's been good. I'm uh, traveling this, uh, this month, uh, California, Texas. And um, and then New Zealand. I'll be in New Zealand speaking with Dr. James White and Dr. Jim Renahan, and uh, and I'm the non-doctor, uh, the undoctor, the anti-doctor. No, you, no, you could be you could be the anti-doctor. No, <laughs> you're the you're, you're I'm, the, I'm the patient that those doctors. You're doctor will, of the streets. Oh, there you go. I got a, a doctorate in uh, make it up. And so yeah, we're all preaching at uh, an ecclesiology conference in New Zealand. We're really looking forward to that. It's going to be great. Uh, we'll link to that in the show notes. Um, so you guys can now, like we. I mean, oh, like, I invited you. Well, I mean, no, I'm talking about like I'm talking about like we. Like you, like they know you. Like we know them. Right. You know, I mean, I'm just saying. Like I know you're a pseudo celebrity, but I mean, how how much are you know? Do real celebrities know who you are? I have no idea. Do they know you? I well, Jim does because we've talked. And we have oh, friends. Jim and I are good friends. No, no, no. He just oh, knows who I am. Oh, my J Dog. I'm pretty sure James White has never heard of me. Oh, unless, he, unless he got word of me making fun of his shiny dome on a recent podcast. You know what? I, I'm going to make sure. When are you leaving again? Oh, I know. I got your dates. Okay. I'm going to have to like spam that guy just all over social media and be like, hey, I hear Joe Thorne's going to be seeing with you. What do you think of this comment? Watch out for him. Watch out for that JoJo. Well, man, uh, you know what's coming up in just a few days, right? What's coming up in just a few days? Yeah, don't you know? Um, Like... Uh, oh, how do you not know what's coming up? Are we talking up? about like like baseball? Are we oh talking, my goodness, better than baseball. This, better, wait, better than baseball. First of all, that's pretty, it could be a million different things if it's better than baseball. But yes, better than baseball. What's coming up in a few days? A few Today days. Today is Thursday. Oh, today's, okay, well, the Sabbath. Ah, there Saturday is. is around the corner, people. Uh, Yeah, but that's not the Sabbath I'm talking about. Oh, what are we talking about then? So we're going to talk about the Sabbath today. Um, we've gotten some requests for this, not as much as we have for covenant theology, mm-hmm. but uh, but quite a few on, on the Sabbath, and there are differing views of the Sabbath uh, or the Lord's Day, and uh, we're we're not going to get into all of the different views. We're it's, it would take too long, and it would take a lot of prep, and uh, you know uh, we're just we ain't got time for that. That's time just that, that. Come on now, we got a pastor. We got things we got to do. We so, got families. That's right. So we thought, like, why don't we talk about the Sabbath in general and uh, how we view it, anyways, um, as as Christians, as leaders in the church, and what we encourage our people to do. So then, where do we first 
where do you want to first talk about? Like, where do we first read about the Sabbath or learn about the Sabbath? Right. Well, we, uh, we learn about it in Genesis 2, uh, 1 through 3. It says, uh, you know, the creation story. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. And so from this point on, we really believe that this day has been set apart for rest and for the Lord. Yeah, so resting from... Resting from work, obviously, is, is that kind of thing. So in that context, you know, the herding or, or am I right? Like the shepherd, what do you call it? Shepherding. Is that what it, is that the word? Herding? Like when you're herding things, what do you herd? You herd sheep? as a shepherd. Thank you. Well, that, well you gave me this look. I don't know what you're look. talking about. I, I don't know where you're going. Well, I can't tell if you're talking about herting, like H-U-R-T-I-N-G. I didn't say herd. I, no, I did, but I wanted to make sure you understood what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, definitely. In Genesis, it doesn't really break it down into specifics, right? Yeah, we yeah. know it's a day of rest. Yeah. It, it, it really appears to be a day of dedication to God. But we know that they plan their meals out beforehand, though. <laughs> Not here. Not here? Oh, no, not in this moment? Yes, in Genesis 2. Right, that's what I'm saying. So we start in Genesis. But Am then, I just going too far ahead of you? Am I too fast You're for you? going a little, just because we want to establish. I just, all right, let's all slow down for Joe. Keep okay, going. I'm sorry, because I'm a little, I am slow. You guys got to, you guys got to go, start walking, stop jogging, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> so Genesis 2, we get this basic picture, right? Now let's go to what you're talking about. It, what, what happens after this? Where, where's the next place that we start reading a lot about the Sabbath? Uh, Exodus 16 and Exodus 20. Right. So in Exodus 16, it's, uh, it's the, the manna from heaven, the quail, yeah. all this stuff. And God says uh, through Moses to the people, listen, uh, tomorrow is going to be the Sabbath rest. Don't collect food on that day. Yeah. Collect more today. So collect you, double what you need right. today. So you don't have to worry about it tomorrow. Now, nobody was freaked out like, Sabbath? What craziness doth he speak? <laughs> they, they, they knew what he was talking about. Yeah, right? yeah. They were like, okay, yeah, of course. We know not, they're not all going to do it. But they were already familiar with the Sabbath. This idea of rest and yeah. dedication was not a new concept for them. And then uh, it comes up where else in Exodus? Uh, Exodus 20. Right. So uh, fourth commandment. And, and how does it start? Do you remember what it says? No. Remember. Remember, yeah, remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Remember. I remember it. Yes. Yeah, remember. Yeah. Remember the Sabbath day. Like, they've already known it. Mm-hmm. Don't forget it. Like, you guys need to keep this in mind. So it's been something that's already been, for lack of a better word, instituted. Right, right. It, it is what uh, a number of theologians would call a creation ordinance. Okay. It's something that did not emerge out of the Mosaic Covenant. Uh, it did not emerge in the old covenant. It existed prior to that. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, in the in the fourth commandment, we have a, and and then in in the um, Old Testament law, we have the Sabbath command given to Israel as a theocratic nation meant to be kept in particular ways. So which is define what you were talking yeah about. define theocratic nation. Uh, it, this was law given to the nation of Israel governed by God. And it was law particular to them. It was, uh, it was given to them for them to be obeyed. It was tied to both uh, creation and redemption. And so it was, it was part of what defined them as 
as a people. So it's like how America is a Christian nation to follow <laughs> that to adhere to uh to the 10 commandments have them posted in the in every court of the land. Um how many uns- people just unsubscribe right now? <laughs> but maybe well, we got more subscribers. Maybe too. we do. Yeah, we got some more from down south. G- got some Glenn Beck. We got Glenn Beck fans and Black fans. Rush Limbaugh fans yeah. are getting in. See? I don't want those people. No. If you if you guys are Rush Limbaugh and Glenn Beck fans, that's cool. We love we love everybody. Like it's cool for you to listen. But uh, it is so great that you listen here on the podcast network. <laughs> what what network is that? I'm just calling this the podcast network. Uh, we're here on the EIB network. Is it EIB? Okay. EIB. Yeah, you know. I only know. Well, yeah, because my dad listens to it, oh. so I hear it all day from eleven to two. You know, I've I've heard your dad speak somewhat like Rush in mm-hmm. rather animated tones before. Uh, yeah, my, my father is very passionate about the things that he uh, believes in and right, the so, Lord. So the, the Sabbath is instituted, um, given in the act of creation mm-hmm. to Adam and Eve. And then in the Old Covenant, it, um, it really is kind of distilled and, and laid out in a way that Israel is supposed to keep. Yeah. But then... With the ratification of the new covenant in Jesus, things seem to change with the Sabbath. Yeah, so it went from uh, the last day of the week to the first day of the week um, on Sunday. Right. Now, there isn't a passage of Scripture that says Mm -mm. the Sabbath, uh, the Saturday Sabbath is now done. Get your Sunday Sabbath on. Yeah. Uh, There's no passage that says that. Um, But we, we do see the the New Testament church, Jewish believers, mm-hmm. Gentile believers, no longer paying very much attention to the Sabbath on Saturday, but suddenly paying a lot of attention to the Lord's Day. It was yeah. Sunday, the first day of the week, which was called the Lord's Day because... The that, Lord was... Yeah, he rose. It's the day that Jesus rose from the dead. So, so now... Oh, good. No, well, I was going to say then, well, how about these people that... Now, now I'm not really just pushing, but... You know, what about the regulative principle of worship? This is something that, you know, it's not necessarily prescribed, saying that it should be on Sunday, though we have seen it on Saturday, yet we've now changed it to Sunday. And though some people that are really hardline Sabbatarians don't seem to adhere to that aspect of their, their it seems inconsistent to me. Yeah, well, all all the the reformed Sabbatarians would argue that the regulative principle requires Sunday observance of congregational worship. Sorry, did you say summer day or Sunday? Sunday, Sunday. Okay, Sunday. So it's it. They would say no, and and I agree with them that the people of God are supposed to gather on Sunday, mm-hmm. the Lord's Day, for corporate worship and fellowship. It is the day for the church, uh, ultimately for God, yeah. and, and for the church. And it is we, we see this by way of proper deduction uh, as we're reading Scripture. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it is an implicit command, not an explicit command. So we, we see, um, like, Jesus, once he raises from the dead and he begins to appear throughout the book of Acts, we see, and in the, new, and in the Gospels, he appears on the first day of the week to his yeah. disciples. And the disciples are gathering on the first day of the week. They take up an offering on the first day of the week. They, this is when they gather for worship. It is, it is what marks the people. It's not the Sabbath anymore. Yeah, on yeah. Saturday, it is this Sunday gathering. Now, 
Um, some Christians would say, well, that is the Sabbath now. So you have the, the creation uh, ordinance of the Sabbath and uh, the, the, the day of rest, the seventh day, and then it is spelled out in particular forms for Israel governed as a theocracy. And then in the New Covenant, some things change. And mo- the vast majority, of, I, I would say all Reformed guys that I've ever read, mm-hmm. Reformed guys would say the, that um, the Sabbath is now on Sunday, and it is the day that we are, like our confessional yeah, um, yeah. heritage identifies this. The Sunday is the Christian Sabbath, and that's the day that we are called to, uh, to rest and to worship. Uh, so the, the issue for, for us comes down to how do we observe the Sabbath? Because I know, like, technically, I would consider myself a Sabbatarian, mm-hmm. but I'm certainly not a strict Sabbatarian, and I'm, no. I'm not, a, I don't, the Puritans wouldn't recognize me as a Sabbatarian, and I'm sure a lot of Reformed guys wouldn't recognize me as very much of a Sabbatarian. I'm probably a bad Sabbatarian if I am one, because of how I think we are supposed to properly um, keep, it. Ob- keep it or observe it. So now, is that... Do you do you find yourself maybe uh, going against? I don't know if that's the right word. Uh, the sixteen eighty nine. This is where I am a little bit out of step uh, with the sixteen eighty nine. So I'm going to go ahead and read this here. It's sixteen eighty nine, chapter twenty two, paragraph eight. Is that okay? I think this is the one. The Sabbath then is then kept holy unto the Lord when men, after a due preparing of their hearts and ordering their common affairs aforehand. Uh, do not only observe a holy rest all day from their own works, words, and thoughts about their worldly employment and recreations, but are also taken up the whole time in the public and private exercises of his worship and in the duties of necessity and mercy. Right. So are, is, it, is the Sabbath in the New Covenant kept by the setting aside of an entire day? in which we are devoted to rest, works of mercy and necessity only, and spiritual duties, forbidding recreation, and employing other people. Um, is that the case? And that would be a very traditional Reformed yeah. Sabbatarian perspective. So, you, you know, you don't, get, you don't go to the gas station and get gas on Sunday because you'd be employing somebody uh, who doesn't yeah. need to be there. Uh, you don't go out to eat because now you're employing somebody to bring you food to your table, so on and so forth. Um, and I was a Sabbatarian for some time. I like the idea of being a strict Sabbatarian yeah. because I like consistency. I like things to be neat and clean. Uh, now, my conscience won't let me go there as I read Scripture because I wind up somewhere else. Uh, and so before before we get into that— Oh, okay. My bad. No, no, no. It's good. I, I just think before we get into that, uh, let's talk a little bit about our sponsor. Uh, what's our sponsor? Doctrine and Devotion sponsor is Audible.com. Audible. I'm tired. Yeah, you are. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to check out their service. Uh, And right now, we want to recommend The Whole Christ, Legalism, Antinomianism, and Gospel Assurance, Why the Marrow Controversy Still Matters by Sinclair Ferguson. He's He's got sin right in his name, too. Well, he's also got Fergie and... He's Fergalicious. Um, and so it's a, great, it's a great book. And with all this talk, you know, back in the day, you know, a couple of years ago, it was 
Kevin DeYoung and Tulian Tavijan mm-hmm. or Chavijan um, arguing about uh, sanctification. And uh, both of them, I think, would probably appeal to the mayoral controversy in different ways. And this is a really helpful book to help people begin to sort that out. Awesome. And so to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash doctrine. Uh, it's free to sign up. It's free to keep the book. You can cancel at any time. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it's a great way to support the podcast. And it's a great way to uh, be able to listen to books while you are driving, while you are working out, while you are uh, going about your activities, jogging on the trail, rollerblading. Jogging, roller, no one rollerblades. Anymore. Oh, people rollerblade no, all they the time. Don't. It's huge. It's the third biggest sport in the suburbs. No, it is. Look it up. I uh, know. I'm not. It's the that. third That's biggest a waste rec- of my time. It's the third biggest recreational support in suburban communities. Fact. I am. I don't believe you. Okay, maybe it's because I'm lying. I positive you so. are. I'm not even, it's not even worth my <laughs> trying to Google it. All right, so here, here's the, where I've landed so far on this issue of the Sabbath. Now, and I, listen, I could be wrong. Um, I, I, I've held different positions before on this, so I, I could be wrong. But my take is that the Sabbath is kept in the New Covenant uh, by the people of God when we gather together for corporate worship on the Lord's Day, hmm. period. I think that constitutes the keeping of the commandment. Um, I, I th- that there has been changes is agreed by all. It's not Saturday; it's Sunday. Um, but and and what's specifically expected of God's people looks different now because in the new covenant we have these new covenant uh, uh, practices of corporate worship. But I also view it as being entirely summed up in that personal that that corporate experience so that I don't think it forbids recreation. I don't think it forbids any kind of work save mercy and necessity. Uh, I think it requires that we rest in Christ mm-hmm. and that we gather together under word and sacrament. That's, that's where I've landed. And, I, I, and I'll, I'll link to some, some resources that, that highlight that position or at least that, that approach to it. But I'm convinced of that because of what I see in Scripture, uh, both in the pushback against Old Covenant Sabbath-keeping by Paul in Colossians, for example, mm-hmm. um, but while at the same time this, this forceful, uh, uh, important emphasis on the gathering on Sunday, combined with the fact that the Sabbath must still be in play in some way because it is a creation ordinance, not merely... Uh, an old covenant ordinance. So, what about that individual that has to work on Sunday? Their 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 job requires the, it of them, and they cannot make it uh, on you know on the, every third Sunday or whatever. I don't. I'm just throwing out a number. Yeah, I think that they need to do what they can. I mean, not everybody has the has the ability yeah. to um, to worship the Lord on the Lord's Day. It's a shame. It's it's part of what we're called to do. So I don't, I don't think that they are in trouble with God. I don't think they're losing any points, but I do think that they're missing out on mm-hmm. one of the primary means of grace yeah. for the people of God, and that if it goes on too long, it can have a detrimental impact on us. Uh, we need to be together, worshiping in spirit and in truth, feasting on the Lord's Supper, listening to God's Word, praying together, singing together. That's really, really important. And so I think if you are providentially prohibited, I wouldn't—, I wouldn't uh, 
wouldn't feel bad about myself. I would be frustrated with my circumstance and I would try to change it. I, I think it's important to do whatever we can to be at church on the Lord's Day. That's sort of where I land. Now, so, okay, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to ask, like, well, what about preparing for the Sabbath? Yeah. Right? Because we see that people getting ready, whether it's picking up the manna, you know, uh, twice as much in preparation. You know, I don't, what does that mean to prepare now for the Sabbath? Some people who take a, a, a fuller or stricter, maybe that's a better word, Sabbatarian position, when they prepare for the Sabbath, um, it involves a, a lot more of the, um, you know, worldly, and I don't mean that in a bad way, worldly responsibilities, right? Make sure that your tank is filled up so you don't have to get gas and all of that. But um, I think the emphasis on preparing for the Sabbath is preparing your heart. Yeah, preparing it's a heart family. condition right now. Right. And now we've talked about this recently, and we, even you were saying how, uh, listen, part of the way that we prepare for the Lord's Day is by laying out all the kids' clothes the yeah. night before. So there's still, that's, I'm not saying we don't do that, but all of that is to enable us to have a better focus on Christ when we gather. And all of this is really tied into the prioritization of the assembled local church. That needs to be a high priority for us. If that is a high priority, mm -hmm. not to keep an institution running, but so that we can be healthy and feast together on Christ, then we will want to prepare for the Sabbath. Yeah. And then, you, you know, you, you prepare, you go, you richly engage, you, you, you're, you're praying, you're thinking, you're drawing near to Christ— but there's also a sense in which you should take this Sabbath with, with you as you go, don't you think? Well, I think that's the whole point of the benediction, right? Is you are being now sent out into the world. And so you, you are uh, taking that, I guess, that, that delight. You know, you're taking that joy. You're taking, um, you're taking that which you have received, and it's, it's sustaining you, and it's, you're carrying it with you throughout the week, but I think it's also meant to be giving it, you know, giving it as far as uh, reaching out and evangelizing to those around us that they may know the true peace and rest that is only found in Christ. Right. Right. Yeah. I, th I think that's great. You know, I want to, I want to take the word and everything that I've experienced with me for my health, for my joy, and also for the joy and yeah. life of everyone else around me. Absolutely. Now there's, there's real, spiritual benefit to keeping the sabbath you know to obeying god there's always spiritual benefit it's uh you know to do what god calls you to do uh glorifies him yeah. and it brings him pleasure and it brings us joy we can delight in him and in his ways but specifically jimmy you know you preached from isaiah 58 yeah, right 58 uh 13 14 so why don't you just give the listeners a taste of that and, and then we'll link to the sermon in the show notes so that they can check it out in full. But, but why don't you share a little bit? Yeah, um, Isaiah 58, verses 13 and 14 say this. If you turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it not going your own ways, or seeking your own pleasure, or talking idly, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I'll make you ride on the heights of the earth, and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And I think here the, the, the thing that sticks out to me the most is uh, in 13, in the middle there, it says, and call the Sabbath a delight. So we're called to call the Sabbath a delight. But what's really more important, Sabbath adherence or Sabbath delight 
uh, honoring God on that holy day leads to something even more important. Verse 14, then you shall take delight in the Lord. And that's the true delight that we are called to is satisfaction in him, uh, in who he is and what he has done. And so the Sabbath points to something much deeper than just strict rules and regulations. It points to, I think, faith and trust in Christ. Because when I'm working on Saturday, uh, as far as if I don't have to, you know, in my job, I can work any kind of day of the week I want. I can get caught up on Saturday or I can work on, I can also do it on Sunday. And there's been times where I've done that. I've done it on Sunday uh, and have been convicted of my sin because I'm, I'm thinking I don't have enough time in my six days. Right. Uh, God, you will not provide. I will not be wise. I will not do the things I need. I need this extra day. And I'm not trusting you that I could take a day to focus and delight in you and who you are. Um, and so, yeah, Sabbath points to something deeper, and that is delight and joy and pleasure in God himself. Yeah, we delight in his ways to delight in him. Mm-hmm. How can you delight in God if you're not delighting in, in, in what he's given you, this rest, this opportunity to rest in Christ together with your family, with your That's people? Right. Um, I love that. You know, and I remember as a college student uh, when I was m- yeah. more of a strict Sabbatarian that, um, you know, the work that I did during the week was schoolwork. I was reading all the time, studying and yep. Uh, preparing uh, for you know school and whatnot. Um, I didn't really study for tests, but <laughs> oh, you're so smart, Joe. No, Thorne. no, it was. It oh, was, yes, it's an yes. Go ahead. Nah, it's an indictment. No, no, you're you're so intelligent. But I had you know reading and research and stuff to do. But on Sunday, I just wouldn't do it. Yeah, it didn't matter what was going on Monday to me. Now, again, I'm not even a strict Sabbatarian. But what I but my my point is is that most of us can make adjustments. To, to give ourselves time to make the yes. most. Now, listen, here's the thing. While I don't think it has to be a full day, I think the more time that you can spend with the Lord, the better. The more time that you can devote to spiritual things, overtly spiritual things, the better. Yeah. So absolutely, uh, make make the most of, of that day. I mean, listen, we, we're living in a post-Christian context here in America where for for years and years nothing was open on sunday yeah it was it was kind of embraced this is a, a sabbath and there will be no work and you couldn't go to the stores and so it complemented the christian faith in many ways but in the first century that wasn't the case yeah and uh it, it is really becoming no longer the case now uh, we don't have the luxury of living in a culture that complements you know our belief system and I don't think it was ever really the intention of of the of the command under the new covenant to require uh, a, a total cessation from all forms of work and recreation. I think it is a p- particular peculiar command for the people of God to worship in spirit and in truth together on the Lord's day. That's what sets them apart. Yeah, it all happens in that context, and then they're also part of the world in which other things are happening. Now, what about like family time? I mean, is that I guess it's not maybe not overtly worship to God, but I think it's God honoring to be spending time with our family and going, if you want to say it, apple picking, you know, is that time is that time of year. Family spending time together, um, enjoying each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Well, I like again, I, I don't think it's wrong to recreate or to engage in work on the Lord's Day outside of corporate worship. 
And so I'm, 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 my conscience is clear there. Uh, I think going to an apple orchard or even going to a movie in the evening, I don't, I just don't have a problem with it. Uh, I don't see that emphasis continued in the New Testament. Instead, I see something pushing back against that yeah. in the New Testament. And I feel like a, and I, I could be overgeneralizing, and I, maybe this, maybe this is unfair of me to say. So correct me, if, Joe, uh, if this is unfair. But I feel like a Sabbatarian is inconsistent because they like a strict Sabbatarian uh, because they're fine with the pastor or the minister working. I mean, that's just the reality of what's going on on Sunday. There's other people that are leading them in worship. There are other people that have been preparing sermons and, you know, as, as well as I do, um, and our listeners that that have or are preaching. Um, it takes some energy out of you. Like, right. You're tired afterwards. You've just kind of you just expounded upon the word of God and exhorted God's people to love him more and to flee from sin. I, I think that that I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I know what they would say. And I would agree with them that that um, the Sabbath itself is a devotion to the Lord and spiritual things. And it is a cessation from worldly labors. Um, so, no, the, the pastor does work, but he's not working in the world, he is serving God's people. So his Sabbath is, on the Lord's Day, a day of of, of spiritual service or employment or work, mm-hmm. but I think that it's it would fall under the work of mercy and necessity. It needs to be done. Uh, God calls us to. So I don't think they're being inconsistent there, um, and certainly a pastor can take a day off another day of the week, which we tend to do. But, I mean, that can't be their Sabbath. How could that be their Sabbath? It's, it would not, in the Sabbatarian's view, and in my view, that is not the Sabbath. It is a day of rest that they need uh, for themselves. But the Sabbath, for any kind of Sabbatarian, whether you're uh, a, a weak one like me, that doesn't count maybe, uh, or a full-blown strict Sabbatarian, the Sabbath is the Lord's Day, and it's, uh, that's when it happens. But there are different views, and really, the bottom line here in all of this is be biblical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I want, I, what I want to do is I want to just embrace 1689 in every jot and tittle. I really want to, um, but my, my conscience doesn't allow me to do that right now, and who knows, maybe I'll come back around to that as I'm reading Scripture and trying to remain open yeah. to the Spirit and to, and to other teachers, uh, you know, stronger than I am. But whatever you do, whatever your position, be biblical. Yeah. And think, rec- go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, make sure you understand the difference between uh, what is scriptural mm-hmm. and what is preferential. Yes. Right. Like yes. There, there has to be that understanding that just because it's your preference doesn't necessarily mean it's biblical or that it's it's from scripture. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, w- I would not want anybody to land on. Uh, a soft Sabbatarian or non-Sabbatarian position because it's easier. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be a terrible way to go. Um, you need to let everything be uh, determined by Scripture and just know where you land. Be very yeah. very careful. You know, my position is uh, is not uh, the the standard Reformed position. Yeah, and I, I recognize that. So we definitely want to be be careful and and charitable. be okay. And be okay. That's the part. Be okay with pushback. But also uh, be charitable. I think that was the word I, I, I really wanted to use in that. Um, that people are gonna, yeah, people that disagree with you are gonna push back against you, and that's okay. And we're allowed to be in disagreement over this issue, or over, yeah, just over our understanding of the Sabbath and how to adhere to it. Uh, but I feel like it's. I mean, am I wrong that this is secondary? 
at least we we all agree on the the primary uh, and that's the gospel and that's what that's what unites us together yeah even in uh, Presbyterian contexts now I believe if if my conversations with Presbyterians uh, are tend to be normative what they're telling me is is in their presbyteries when a person is taking exception to a part of the Westminster standards yep. it is most frequently, not always, but it is most frequently on the Sabbath issue. And some of them are really alarmed by this and troubled by this, which is fair because their standards do matter. That's right. But uh, And they are still generally, uh, if, as long as they articulate themselves well and understand the position, that they are frequently uh, ordained anyway. So, because they still have, like, it's not just a preferential thing. Yeah. They're actually, they've thought about it. And that's just that you've thought about it you know what you believe, and you can articulate it well. And you're not, I mean, it doesn't undo uh, everything else. So, like, I love what it says about worship in the 1689, um, and I agree with much of what it says about the Sabbath in the 1689, but uh, I don't want, but I, I, where all of those things are connecting, I just, I don't agree there. So, and that's just about it for me in terms of the 1689, where I disagree. Yeah. Um, I even tend to think the Pope is the Antichrist. So there you go. We do you talk, really? We could talk about it. Of course I do. Not of course I do. Oh, my God. Not of course. Of course I do. That's, of course I that's do. actually what? shocking to me. So, though, uh, hold yeah. on, though. Here's the thing, though. is I, Maybe it's not as shocking. I actually understand. I know your view, how you're defining that word. I know how you're defining Antichrist. It's not like uh, uh, Left Behind series. So we could talk about it later. Sorry, we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about it later. I uh, it's now not, I'm like now I'm going through my head your definition of that. Uh, there are many antichrists. Yes, and there will be an antichrist. Yes, but that's not the one you're Son referring to. Yes, it is. Oh, now oh, I'm actually intrigued now by this because that got to get into this. Now we have uh, we'll talk about antichrist. Well, I'm preaching oh. to Second Thessalonians, so um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, it's going to be yeah, coming yeah, up. Yeah, I'm just really kind of that. That you shocked Ooh, me on that. Yeah, one. yeah. See what's up? Yeah, that is. I don't uh, preach a lot about the antichrist. No, but we've talked and about that, antichrist. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. So that's why that's why the I'm, most common thing to that you know is most relevant is the hmm. spirit of antichrist in the world and all yes that. Uh, we'll yeah, talk tend, later i we'll could talk. be wrong but i tend to think all right well that's not, hey, well, let's not, let's not hey, hey, hey let's wait for the next time either we'll, the pope or trump i'm not sure which one see i thought trump no <laughs> that's where i landed <laughs> i land that he is bringing upon judgment all right anyways well I'll how are we doing it, on time man uh we are doing good we have enough time for one maybe two uh Question from mailbag. From mailbag. All right. All right. This person asked to be remain anonymous. They actually said, "I would like to remain anonymous, Pastor Thorne. I know you do not care for such requests. However, uh, then there's well, you make it sound like the person is saying it in a huff. Oh, you're right. They're they not are not huff. saying that. She no, was actually. No. I think this person. Just, they were joking when they said. I that. think they were just saying, "Hey, I just need to know." Like, I, listen, just re- keep it anonymous. I don't have a problem with people. Asking to be anonymous, I have a problem with Jimmy saying like, "Oh, we should keep this person anonymous for no reason." That's no, it's not for weird. no reason. It's no, because it's kind of a okay, sensitive for your thing. Weird reasons. No, it's not a her, weird reason. No, it's a protection of people. It's, it's a protection of people that oh, send us stuff. Okay, Big Brother, get on. That's with not the, Big Brother. Get on. Get on. With if, the, if I was Big Brother, I'd reveal everything. No, I didn't mean it like that. I meant like Big Brother. You're caring for your little brothers. You're the protector. Well, fine. All right, there I you will go. take that. See? I will now, take that. Go ahead and read the read the super secret email. Super secret. Hello, man of doctrine and devotion. Thank you for the time and energy you give to this podcast. I find it edifying and to be a great tool. I listen to each episode as I complete my daily mommy or 
wifely tasks that do not require my mind's attention. I have a simple but potentially loaded question for you both as pastor and elder candidate of your church. I considered giving details, but I think they may not be necessary, so I will just ask and hope for the best. What do you do or how, how would you advise a divisive woman in your congregation? Uh, then, you know, I'd like to remain anonymous. Thanks again for your time. All right. So, Joe, as as a pastor, you've okay. dealt with this a lot more than I have. Um, we got some divisive women in this church. Not in ours. Oh, man, they're crazy. No, we do not. <laughs> These right, ladies the are crazy. In the nine years that Redeemer Fellowship has been around, uh, I would say that God has... Uh, been abundantly good to us yeah we have not had big blow-ups big fights big divisiveness like this no gossip any anything that has happened you know there's been mistakes along the way obviously with any church plan Um, but there has been reconciliation where appropriate uh, or able and so we have not had that but how would you Mm -hmm. or you know have you kind of had this kind of issue i know we've had issues with uh potentially you know we see hey maybe down the line this person could become divisive but that's only been dudes so far that's only been dudes yeah uh so how i feel like it'd be the same wouldn't it whether you deal with a a guy or girl yeah so if somebody's being divisive divisive i'm sorry if somebody is practicing division (laughs) (laughs) um i think the first thing you follow matthew 18 right uh i think that's always good if you see something you should go and talk to them and ask them what's up. And I think the best way to approach people when you're concerned or alarmed is to start with a question. Hey, you know, um, maybe an observation and a question. Here's what I'm noticing. You know, am I wrong in my observation? Um, You seem to be pushing in this direction, whereas maybe the church officially isn't going in that direction. Um, uh, This could be potentially problematic. If uh, if the person is not responsive to that, then, you know, the, eventually uh, the elders, the leadership will find out. And I would hope if somebody was sowing seeds of discord, whether that be on a theological issue or any other issue, that it would come to our attention so we could talk about it. As a pastor, um, I would explain to a person who is creating division or confusion in the church a, this is who we are as a church. This mm-hmm. is where we stand. This is our position. You know, we are a church, like Redeemer is a church that is complementarian. We are Reformed. We are Baptist. We worship how we worship. And if you have a problem with the way that we are, and it's a true problem for your conscience, then you should go somewhere else. Yeah. And if, if you can't be submissive to the teaching of the church, then you should go somewhere else. And the Scripture calls us to be submissive to our teachers and to the doctrine. Um, now, we, we have people at Redeemer that do not agree with the official church position on many things. Uh, we have people that are not thoroughgoing Calvinists that are members yeah. here. We have people that are egalitarians who are members here. And there is no drama, there is no issue, there's no problem, because there's no division. Yeah. They understand that we, this is where we disagree, and we're just not going to create drama over it and they know that's this is how we're going to teach and this is the mindset that we are coming from um and we've been persuaded to believe this way and so but we've also though we've encouraged people we've you know they can they can be honest about that totally not say to fake it don't fake and act like you believe in something that you don't um but there's a difference but between saying, yes. okay, this is where I'm at, I know the church is somewhere else, and then stirring people up, trying That's to get it. them to a new position, 
And it's tricky. And I, I don't, it's not always easy. It's tricky. Uh, it's tricky, run DMC tricky, tricky. Tricky, tricky. So I just, I would say, you know, talk to them. If you're really concerned, talk to your pastors and uh, invite them. You know, ho- hopefully you won't have to invite yeah, them, but absolutely. let them step into that situation and try to pastor that person through that. Um, but I have no problem telling people this is this is a great church, but it's not a great fit for everybody. Here's another church where I think you'd be more at home. Yeah. I think you should go there. Um, and ultimately, though, uh, if they really are creating division, if they are creating problems and are unrepentant in that, then they'll come under church discipline. Another subject for another podcast. Yeah, we're getting requests for that too. Yeah, so that's why I skipped actually over that question, knowing that we're going to be going over that at some point. Here's another question. Um, this is a question about Reformed evangelism. Hey, guys, I'm a pastor in Mississippi, but don't let that fool you. I'm also a Reformed Christian and fairly new to your podcast, which, by the way, is awesome. A Reformed view of Scripture isn't popular at all down here. In fact, it's so unpopular that I was forced out of my last church for preaching from a Reformed point of view. Long story short, I preach that Christ is our only means of salvation, whereas this particular congregation believe that prayer baptism, church attendance were good enough for salvation. My question is, how can I, as a young pastor, keep a preaching position in a non-reformed setting? Looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks in advance. Well, that, that that's gets, a hard one. That gets complicated. Um, See, I, I guess I feel like it's hard because I'm not in your position. And the, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not in your position, and I don't, I don't know your life circumstance, I don't know your your what you know your family needs. I mean, you got to be providing, right? Um, and so, I guess for me, I would be hesitant to be going into a church um, and accepting a call at a church that I did not necessarily agree with a statement of faith. I mean, that was actually when we were moving here. That was one of the first things we started looking at was Redeemer's statement of faith, right? And going through it to say, okay, what is it that they're about? What do they believe? Uh, and do I agree with this? Because it would have been hard for us to come here. I would rather go to a different place um, where I agreed yeah. with their statement of faith. Totally, totally. I, I think the the best policy for young men and, and pastors that are stepping into churches to be very honest and straightforward about your convictions. Mm-hmm. Articulate what you believe. Now, you may need to avoid buzzwords because... Sometimes people yes. will hear a word and they will misunderstand what it actually means. Yeah, don't say Calvinist. You know, so you know you you can say Calvinist, you can say Reformed, but if you do that, be sure you define your terms and make sure that they understand. If you don't feel like you can use that term Calvinist, then still be honest. Like, here's what I believe, and here are the implications of what I believe. So I won't be doing these things, and I will be doing these things. You've got to be honest. You've got to have yeah. integrity as you're going into this, because that's not fair to them. No, no, that's not. They're they're buying, you know, quote unquote, they're buying you. And if you present yourself and then you switch, that's called a bait and switch. Right. That's a bait and switch, and that's not fair to them, and it's not, it's, it's not, it's not ethical. So if you are pastoring a church and the congregation is maybe not theologically developed in, in, in a way that you find to be healthy, and it is your responsibility to, to serve them and to teach them and to grow them and help them grow in this area— then, you know, definitely, uh, you know, baby steps, small bites, and uh, preach through the Scripture, do books of the Bible. Yeah. And I would say, um, you know, 
we use all the buzzwords and then we explain our terms. We define our terms. Yeah. Uh, I, we don't worry about it. We've been very open, but it's easier because we planted the church and we planted it as a reformed church. But for, for those of you who are in churches that might be in transition, sometimes you have to avoid uh, the buzzwords yeah. and simply teach what these things mean. So sometimes you can't get around the word like election because it's in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> but irresistible grace is a term that is not in Scripture. It, it's an attempt to summarize a teaching of Scripture, so you can use different words for that. But be honest, um, suffer well, and you know you you definitely, I would say, look for churches that, like Jimmy said, that are going to be complementary to yeah. your theology. Big thanks to Justin Bond of J. Bond Media, the audio and uh, visual wizard of Doctrine and Devotion. I like that guy. Yeah, he makes us look good so and sound good. Um, so yeah, if you've got any audio and visual needs, go ahead and hit him up, Jbon Media, uh, and uh, he will take care of you. You can also support the podcast by leaving us a review at iTunes. Please leave your uh, honest five star review there. We we do read them uh, when we get a chance, um, and we appreciate the feedback that we've gotten. We've implemented changes. You know, some people have have made some critiques. Uh, and some suggestions, and we've tried implementing those. You could follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Doc and Devo, as well as on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. And also, you can head on over to our website, DoctrineDevotion.com. You can click on the Contact Us page, fill out the form, and you can send us your podcast ideas, your questions, your thoughts. Uh, and we, we appreciate uh, just the feedback we've been getting, your prayers. Uh, it really means a lot to us. Yeah, I don't know if you said it. Did you tell them to tell a friend? No, I was going to let you do that. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get mm-hmm. on social media and let people know that um, that this is something that if you like, that they might like as well. Um, we've really had a good time doing it, and we want to keep doing it. And you can expect new podcasts every Monday and Thursday, twice a week, with special bonus episodes coming out as well, where we'll talk about uh, other things. Sometimes they are... Uh, a bit more on the on the worldly side, like pencils or journals, and uh, how could that be worldly? Those not are, in a bad way. Those are heavenly. Well, not really. No, 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 no. Jesus wants us to use pens and pencils. He wants us to use these worldly things for heavenly purposes. He likes when I just sketch. Yeah, you're not very good at sketching. Well, but Jesus loves them. Okay. <laughs> he, so he hangs them on his fridge. <laughs> Be sure and subscribe at iTunes uh, and we will, um, or wherever your, your favorite podcast uh, feed or platform is, and uh, you can expect new stuff uh, coming up in just a few days. Later. Later.